Hello and welcome to PSG Review, a show that doesn't have as good plot twist as the Mbappe saga, but is as long and jarring. Also known as the show with its fingers in the air in the form of a love heart to say thank you to the club legend that is Angel Di Maria. Gracias por todo el fideo. My name is Nico. Great to have you with us right now. On Twitter and Instagram, you can talk to me at PSG Helsinki. And first thing first, let it be said, I wasn't thinking about recording an episode after the match match because I thought that let me rather focus on a full season wrap up and discussing the changes as they come, as they are confirmed. No more speculations about Mbappe's situation, the sporting director or coach. And while not everything is clear yet, we have some concrete info already, of course. So today's episode isn't a match review by a, by a long shot. A PSG, PSG one in style, 5-0, notably Mbappe Hattrick and Di Maria with goal and two assists. But this episode has three topics and they are Kylian Mbappe, Angel Di Maria and finally Idrissa Ghana Gay. Kylian Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe as I live and breathe. It's been one and a half years of intense speculation. Will he extend? Will he go? Last summer he seemed ready to go, but as he has been able to sign to his childhood dream club, that's how it has been presented. Although I think it's um, the PSG World Nation on Twitter who's been sort of like making this case that... uh, It's more about Cristiano Ronaldo than Real Madrid, perhaps, or, or so it certainly seemed in all of these communications that that he was primarily a Cristiano Ronaldo fan and Real Madrid was more incidental. But who am I to say? Who am I to say? But he had been uh, free to, to sign a contract with them since January with this club that was meant to be and supposed to be and perhaps has been his childhood dream club. Uh, since January, he's been able to uh, sign with them, make a pre-contract for the next season. And and there's been, you know, reports of a signing fee offer of over 130 million and uncharacteristic and unprecedented access to his image right by Real Madrid. Things were not finalized for one reason or another. And in the end, Last night, as I record this on, on Sunday, he came to the podium on the Green Cross of Parc de France with the club president, PSG club president Nasser Al-Khalifi, moments before the match to publicly announce his extension with PSG until 2025. Undoubtedly, the numbers in his contract are going to be large. Let's face it. But also let's face it that the other media is going to feast on those numbers and make it all about them sort of ignoring everything else that is happening. So perhaps it's not my job to to think about or talk about those numbers. We know that they are going to be mad ones. You know, there's no doubt about that. But instead of focusing on those, let's let's think about what must have been at least very likely, what are the conditions for this extension? Because Mbappe, like I have said before, he could have gotten an ungodly amount of money from anywhere. He would have cashed in in Madrid as well. There's no doubt about that. And we don't know the full reasons why, you know, he chose PSG at the end. Perhaps it was to make history in his home country and more than that, his hometown to make history in it and for it. 
perhaps Real Madrid wasn't the place for him to become a legend, but rather join a long line of them. We don't know. We don't know the specific reasons. One day, I'm sure we're going to read about it from his <laughs> inevitable autobiography, which I hope he's going to wait for, for, for that to, to happen. And I hope it's going to be a good one because I'm sure these are going to be some interesting times to read in hindsight. But but at the, as things stand, we don't know what those reasons are. And whatever they are, we can safely assume that the conditions of his signature have got a lot to do with the project. Like said, money he could have gotten from everywhere. I mean, how much money can person even use? He would have gotten a lot of money from everywhere. The strong rumors pretty much as soon as the confetti had landed in Paris was that Leonardo has been relieved of his duties. There is no official confirmation of this and let it be said that if we have learned anything from this Mbappe story arc, it is that wait for the official confirmation. But as I record, it isn't here yet. Luis Campos did an amazing job amongst others in Monaco and Lille creating those title winning squads playing an important part. Certainly he could be a front runner. You know, it remains to be seen. And we'll return to that once we know. Like I said, I'm so tired of speculation. So let, let let us work with the actual facts that we have. But these are these are these are the strongest uh, rumors at the moment. They might change, but this is what it looks like. Also, Pochettino's future may be short and limited in the French capital unless he gets an offer from Paris FC or something like that. Now, I'm sure he will land a good job somewhere. I'm sure despite his inability and lack of courage or perhaps just lack of power in Paris, I'm sure he's well regarded, especially in England where they don't even watch the French League anyway. So they will do what they will do with him or Leonardo. I wish them both good luck despite having caused so much anxiety in my life in the last some time. I would like to say to Pochettino, I am eternally grateful for that one night in Munich, that was amazing night, whether it was thanks to him, whether it was just thanks to, I don't know, the gods of football, whatever it was, I am, I will always remember that evening as one of our most glorious <laughs> Champions League um, victories on the road in, in against, you know, one of the definite title contenders of that, of that last season. And at the time, defending, of course, Champions League winners as well. But uh, it was a great defensive win. So whether it was because of Pochettino or not, that I will have always have a fond memories of that. Uh, Leonardo himself, he's a very up and down figure. Of course, he's responsible of signing a lot of also great players. Uh, but, you know, not an easy guy, such as the word on the street. Also, on the downside, he's unable to sell almost any players. Like he's just been really bad at selling any pay players. And one of his negative legacies is a bunch of expensive aging free agents who are nearly impossible to sell. He's sort of like stacked us up with those. Uh, certainly it's a risk. Sometimes they can work, sometimes they don't work. And what we have now is a kind of like a heavy wage bill. I'm not so worried about the wage, uh, wages of like this global world-class superstars. That's one thing, because they kind of like, if you want to have them, that's what they cost. It's more the, the, the squad players, the rotation players. So if we have these people who came in as a free agent and therefore there was no transfer fee, so then all of that money was put into their contract, they are on a big money, they are earning a lot of money and uh, they are very difficult to sell. So we kind of like might have to just 
wait for a miracle or at the end of, of the contract or, or, or we'll see what's going to happen if and hopefully when the things change. But whether Mbappe was using his one-man player power or if it was inevitable either way, the changes are on their way. His signature to me seems like a guarantee that we are at the gates of a new era because he would not have extended to more of the same. I find it very difficult to believe that would have been the case. I know the cynics will say it was all about the money. I I don't disagree with the fact that there's a lot of money involved, but somehow he doesn't strike me as a person who is there to cash in. Neither, by the way, does his family, although uh, some people might disagree on that that one as well, but I think that they are very um, level-headed. They come across very level-headed, you know. So good for them, whatever. People say he will have more power that he is even becoming de facto sporting director. This is going to be his his uh, project from here on in. Well, I don't know if that's true, but all I know is that he wants to win. Like he wants to win and leave a legacy and we want to win and we want him to do very well and we want the club to do well. So if he and his leverage is what it took to shake the structures, then who am I to complain about that? I want it for the change changes so if they came through him and his signature then so be it. Angel Di Maria. Angel Di Maria came in as a struggling star from Manchester United seven seasons ago and left as a legend to paraphrase Slotten some years ago. Actually it was Slotten's last season that was Di Maria's first season and I have the world of respect and gratitude to him for all these years. It is time to go, but what a player he has been. And still, he hasn't become the worst player. I don't think that he's leaving because he's a bad player. It's because he is an expensive player whose contract was already extended. He is a kind of become squad player with the arrival of Messi and so forth. We have we are very he- we we have these unbenchable uh, attacking players, and uh, and for him uh, his playing time would be sporadic perhaps at best. So for that he is a little bit expensive, and it has really been touching to see his love for Paris and how emotional the farewell was, and it was emotional to a lot of us as well. And like I said, he's really great player, still a great match by him last night. You know, it's really a great match. But I also think that it's not a coincidence when it comes to him. He's a big match player. He's won for the occasions. Uh, He hasn't had that like he hasn't had endless amount of amazing matches this season and uh, neither has the, the team to itself to be honest with you but uh, but Daniel Di Maria is a big match player he has shown it time of the time in Champions League and also it didn't surprise me at all that even last summer he scored the winning goal for Argentina to give them that Copa America that had been such a struggle to get you know one that will also mark Messi's career in, in national team to a, to, a, to a quite a large extent, I would say. So he's a big match player, Angel Di Maria. His tears on Saturday night were very moving. We have been through a lot with him. What a guy. Di Maria undoubtedly still have good couple of great seasons ahead of him somewhere. I think that he still has it in him. Uh, reportedly, this could be in Turin if the Juventus rumors are anything to go by. And I really wish him well. I really wish him well. He will always be one of us. El Fideo Angelito. He will leave PSG as the top assist provider in the history of the club with 111 assists. 
91 goals and 18 trophies in seven seasons. Idrissa Ganagay. Okay, this is a little bit controversial. It is a controversial thing sometimes to see nuance in this. And I get it fully because to me, equality is the leading principle I live my life according to. I don't question it at all. Uh, this is exactly the type of disclaimer you have moments before you say something idiotic, but I try my hardest to say nothing of that nature. I wasn't really having much of an opinion, at least publicly, about this. I was waiting for him to address the matter. The matter, of course, is that he was not playing against Montpellier because the numbers at the back of the shirt were in rainbow colors to show solidarity, raise awareness and so on about sexual minorities and that cause. Uh, To the best of my knowledge, he didn't give uh, his opinion or his official side to the story, despite having had the opportunity and time. So kind of, I assume that this, um, let's say accusations, this, this, this hypothesis is not, is not entirely wrong because he hasn't come out publicly to deny it. Uh, I don't know if that's the the, the right uh, logic, but, uh, but I, but let's say, let's say that this is, this is true that this is a kind of thing that if it wasn't true, I'm sure he would have been quite clear about denying it. So the point is that he felt that it was against his religious philosophy. This is our understanding. So the question is, is refusing to be pro-something being anti-it? Is a person who is following religious dogma, I don't know if it's a dogma, let's say religious tradition, to be blamed for that tradition? To use an American example, there are several politicians, let's say Republican politicians, who find abortion to be against their religious beliefs. Also, of course, democratic. I mean, whatever. That's We're not getting bogged down to that. But these people, even though they think that abortion is against their religious beliefs, they aren't thinking that it should be banned because they don't confuse their personal stance with what should be everyone else's. It's a personal moral question, and I know this is a very sketchy area because I may think that the moral stance is immoral or that at least it's very massively misinformed, but that isn't the point here. I'm old enough to know that not everyone agrees with me. We are all our own people and we must all choose where we stand in various matters and questions. He has chosen this way to conduct himself and it it has had quite a bit of backlash, especially in France. Even the president of Senegal commented on the matter showing his support to gay. It's all part of this type of culture wars that we are, you know, talking about. I I know it's all of kind of catch-all term to all this kind of thing, but those are places where nuance isn't something that survives very well. So my own opinion is that everyone must have equal rights and as we all don't, we have to stand up in solidarity with those ones who don't have the same rights as we do. And I say this from a place of a lot of privilege. I understand my privilege and, and therefore I also talk about it. So personally, I entirely disagree with what I gather is Ghana's view on this matter. And I never anyway look for moral guidelines from athletes anyways. I, I know better than that. I also would say that worse things have been overlooked in football, far worse transgressions. How many tax criminals do we have on the pitch? A few sexual predators and things like that. 
it does sound like what aboutism. I understand that. What about this? What about that? But what about this? And that's always like a misdirection. That's like trying to redirect the matter into something else. Oh, you're complaining about this. Well, what about that thing? And that's never a good thing. But do I think that Ghana should be cancelled because of following his specific religious or cultural framework? Well, let me take you back to 2019. I can't remember exactly precisely which match it was, but it was in the absence of Thiago Silva that Edinson Cavani was our captain for the night. At the time, there were no numbers printed in rainbow colors, but captain was wearing an armband that was. So Cavani came into the pitch with that armband with the rainbow colors, but during the halftime he had changed it to the usual one without the rainbow. So one assumes, so at least we can't rule out the possibility that it was for similar reasons than than what Ghana uh, Gay had had for for his thing in in Montpellier. The reason why I remember this incident uh, that not many paid much attention to is because some people were praising him, praising Cavani for doing that, and I found that very pathetic. I thought that this is like. That's very childish. But Cavani never faced any consequences of this. Should he have? Well, I guess either both should or shouldn't. The difference between Ghana and Cavani, of course, is that the religious or moral code, and I use the word moral very loosely here, but nevertheless, they they were different. Ghana, of course, is Muslim. So press in Europe is extra happy to problematize it because in Europe there are a lot of clicks to be had, a lot of uh, debate to be had from the case studies showing how Islam doesn't mix with European values. Let's not forget that the... uh, a very uh, far right wing candidate uh, has 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 been uh, you know the runner up in the French elections uh, twice now having a substantial support uh, there so also we're talking about the country that has been in the epicenter of the european debate about banning the veils and such so there's a lot of um, package here there's a lot to unpack if you're starting to think about it why in this time this thing has become what it has become And that doesn't change the core of it necessarily, whether it's right or it's wrong. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong, no matter what the press say. Or at least, you know, this whole thing doesn't change it entirely. All in all, it's very unnecessary bit of trauma. To me, Ghana doesn't come out well from this at all. I mean, I used the word pathetic there in the Cavani incident, and I think that's more or less it here also. But with so many things going wrong, not sure if refraining to support a good cause is in the top 10, even if I personally found it very problematic. Does the bad press help the cause? I'm not in a qualified position to give proper answers here, because the whole thing is also very symbolic, somewhat performative from all sides. I feel like some takes against him have been a little bit exaggerated. Of course, also many of the stances and, and support that he has received has been basically very hateful. The key thing here is, in my, in my opinion, in this case, and I'm looking for the nuance, I hope you understand that I'm not trying to excuse anything or any of these things. I'm, I'm looking for some kind of truth behind this kind of a popular debate about it. I think the key thing here is that Idrissa Ganage didn't make a song or dance out of this. This was not his choice. He didn't stand on a soapbox saying, I would rather die than wear these colors. He was trying to do it secretly, as he had done last season, apparently, apparently without anyone noticing, just sort of excusing himself. And that's another thing. Should a football player who's paid this and that much money, should he be allowed to 
refuse to play a match because of this type of reason. That's a different debate that we can have from a kind of a different angle. But I feel that this is quite central. This was never supposed to be a statement. Ghana Gay was not making a statement. He didn't attack anyone. And if he had, we would have a very different case altogether. So does it change the morality of the question that he was not against something? He was just not comfortable appearing as he was pro it on its side. These are questions and uh, I don't have the right answers. I'm just thinking the reason why I'm talking about it, even though I'm, I fully understand that it would be much easier not to talk about it. It would be much easier to just let it lie. But at the same time, I have been following the conversation and I feel like it has been lacking nuance. So, you know, you know me, I'm, I, I, I felt like it's my, it's my obligation to try to try to bring some in. Because it is us who have made it a huge thing, or rather perhaps it's the press, the media that did. And, and did they do it for ulterior motives or purely because the press, you know, they love the questions of morality and ethics. You know, they think that they are very important. You can make your own mind up on that. If a player then refused to, let's say, take a knee, which is another symbolic gesture we have seen for a very important cause, Personally, I would think less of that player, definitely. And I would think that perhaps he should be showed not wanting to be associated with such kind of thing because because I think that there are also more important things than, than, than football. It's just like I would never want to have Luis Suarez in Paris, no matter what. But should that be the end of his career? Is our demand for a full moral consensus so strong? Should it be so strong? Not to say anyone I heard has been talking about him losing his career or anything like that, but but there's been a, a, a lot has been said about it. There's been all kinds of commentaries and, and all sorts of things. And, and I have not felt at home with any of those comments that I have heard. Uh, and like I said, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance here because I'm arguing somewhat against my own own values here. But to say that the most extreme pro and anti Idrissa Ghana gay comments have both lacked nuance, and that has been bothering me a bit. And the darker the skin, the worse the backlash tends to be. So I guess that is also what bothers me, and perhaps that is the thing that bothers me the most. Hope that opens up the topic a little bit the way I see it. No answers there. Perhaps there's more questions than answers, but sometimes we have to accept that things are complicated. And and like I said, I didn't really want to bring any negativity to this episode. Basically, we wanted to be happy and celebrate Mbappe. We wanted to be grateful and, 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 and say goodbye to Angel Di Maria. But you have to examine these themes as well, since they are part of the sport. I don't think it's political as such. Some people say that I don't want to be political or whatever. So that's why I don't talk about it. I mean, it's political because everything is political, but these culture wars, as they are known, benefit some more than others. And sometimes they are fought for the sake of fighting or clicks or for whatever else, not even to strengthen the causes they claim to serve. So my full solidarity with the cause, but at the same time, I think that it is a Ghana gay is not the monster that he has made out to be by some. This has been the episode this time. It's been a quick one. Uh, we will wrap up the season properly later with a little bit of reflection, a little bit of hindsight. Sometimes it's not good to get involved, to talk about some things when they have just happened, although we can do it like this, but when we want to look at the whole bigger 
season and all that then perhaps it's better to have a proper look at it and not just sort of like go with the vibes and uh, we will also talk about the new kits when they arrive we will discuss the changes in personnel as they unfold but for now we have Mbappe in Leonardo sacking still lacks an official confirmation as I record but it seems apparent Pochettino might be next in line and then we see what is coming is it Luis Campos or whoever else or something different but we can assume that the leads are strong with Campos especially if people are already being let go you can't let someone go without having the next in line at least you know very close to agreeing with you Thanks so much for your time and ears. Always great to have you listening. And while the men have finished their campaign, women still will play next weekend. And even after that, women play next weekend against the freshly crowned champions, league winners, OL, next weekend in Paris. Find me and talk to me if you want on Twitter and Instagram at PSG Helsinki and send an email to psghelsinki at gmail.com if you have something that you would like to tell me. Thanks again. Take care. Peace.